hi everybody and welcome back to the Fertility and Freedom podcast. My name's Athena, I'm a period recovery coach, health and nutrition enthusiast and somebody who has personal experience with a lot of women's health and period problems which is what fuels my passion for this podcast and why I really want to spread awareness about women's health and period related issues. In today's episode, I'm going to cover some really simple things that you can do to improve your fertility. And honestly, when you listen to this episode, you're you're going to be thinking, these things sound so irrelevant to periods. And that's because they aren't directly related to periods. They're related to your hormonal production and function and these hormones regulate your menstrual cycle, which eventually leads to your period each month. So it can be quite difficult, I think, to sort of bridge the gap between your everyday habits and behaviours and your fertility, because we're not really taught about how our lifestyles impact our hormones and fertility in, you know, general education systems. Um, It's only really if we go out of our way to do the research that we actually realise that the way you live your life, the food you eat, the uh, way you eat foods, as in like the frequency of your meals, your lifestyle, your exercise habits, your sleep, all of these things interlink and really, really impact your hormonal production, which can impact your fertility directly. So that's why in today's episode, I'm going to give you some really, really simple things that you can do to improve your hormonal profile and your hormonal function and improve your fertility. And whether your goal is to conceive or not, having hormonal balance and a healthy reproductive system is really important for a number of different things, not just babies and, you know, periods. So, um, and I'm not going to discuss those things in today's episode because that's like a whole other episode as to why your period is so important. In fact, I've done an episode on that. That was like the second um, episode and it was called You Don't Have a Period, So What? or something like that. So if you're interested in learning about why having a period and having proper reproductive hormonal function is important, then listen to that episode. Um, But in today's episode, we're going to focus solely on what you can do, like the steps you can take to improve your fertility and maintain your fertility. So the first thing is going to be giving your body enough time to rest and recover. And even if you're not training very often or you don't exercise really intensely, which is something that many people who are getting their period back after HA, that's something that they often have to do to, I don't know if you can hear the ambulance in the background, sorry about that. Um, I live near a hospital, so ambulances are going past my flat all the time um where was I I've completely forgot what I was talking about um yeah resting so during HA recovery generally women do need to cut back on exercise they need to do zero high intensity movement and they need to focus solely on restorative exercise like yoga gentle walking stretching, mobility, that kind of thing, because it's all about making the body trust you and allowing the body to fully rest and recover. And But even if you're not trying to get your period back, even if you have a regular cycle, 
it's important not to overdo it when it comes to exercise and to make sure that you're giving your body enough time to recover in between workouts if you are working out regularly. Similarly, you need to give your body mental rest. You know, being productive all the time is often praised in today's society, but your brain needs some time off. It really does. It needs time to just do nothing, think about nothing. I mean, obviously your brain is always functioning even even when you're asleep, but you just need time to not have to concentrate so much. And that's something I found really, really difficult to do because I've always been, and I think this is why I developed an eating disorder and hypothalamic amenorrhea, but I've always been that kind of person that wants to be productive all the time. I want to be the best at everything that I do. And that became a really big problem because I never let my brain relax. I never let my body relax. Um, And I'm really learning to actually realise that rest and recovery is not just okay, but it's actually necessary if you want your body to function optimally. And part of your body functioning optimally, (laughs) optimally is having your periods, having a healthy menstrual cycle, having hormonal balance and being able to conceive a baby if that's what you want to do. So the first simple thing is to give your body rest and recovery time. And that's going to look different for everybody, but generally you will know if you're overdoing it with exercise or if you're working too hard because your body is going to give you signals. You're going to know. The next thing is to eat enough for your body's needs. I'm not going to say specific calorie numbers or macronutrient numbers in this episode because everybody needs different things. Everybody needs a different number of calories depending on their genetics, their body weight, their physical activity levels, any medical conditions they might have. You know, we all need different numbers of calories. (laughs) I don't know if you can hear my cat meowing in the background. He clearly wants to join in on the episode today. Um, But yeah, everybody's needs are different and it really does come down to like figuring out what how many calories your body needs and this this can be quite difficult to do admittedly um it's a lot of trial and error or ideally working with a professional who can actually help you to determine the calories that your body needs to be healthy um again i think a lot of this is intuitive if you're hungry eat and whether that's physical or mental hunger your body is giving you a signal that it needs more energy And if you feel chronically fatigued and tired, you can't concentrate, you're not sleeping very well. All of these are, again, signs that you're not giving your body enough food potentially. Um, But yeah, I think a lot of this is trial and error. But eating enough is so crucial for your hormonal production, function and your fertility. If you're not eating enough calories or you're not eating enough of the nutrients that your body needs, it could cause period loss or irregular periods anovulatory cycles, all of these are suboptimal, they're not what we want, especially if you're trying to conceive, but even if you're not trying to conceive. Next one is to avoid working out on an empty stomach. So I've already mentioned about not overtraining, but you also need to think about your nutrition around your training. So even if you are going to the gym and exercising and Again, this is something I don't necessarily recommend for people who are in the midst of a HA recovery journey. Intensive exercise is sort of a no-no at all. But 
if you are, if you've had a few recovery periods or you still have quite a regular cycle, then you might want to start introducing some kind of training but it's so important to fuel your body before you train and not to train fasted when you wake up your cortisol is at its highest level throughout the day it will then slowly decrease as melatonin increases which makes you feel sleepy in the evening when you go into bed so cortisol is already super high in the morning which it's supposed to be but training fasted especially if you're doing a really in intense workout like heavy lifting powerlifting or intense cardio um if you do this fasted and you don't eat something beforehand your cortisol is going to increase even further and as i've mentioned in previous podcasts and on my tiktok videos and all sorts high cortisol can directly um inhibit the reproductive hormone production at every level so it can inhibit gnrh from the hypothalamus it can inhibit fsh and lh release from the pituitary and it can also inhibit estrogen and progesterone production oh my god my cat is actually going crazy i don't know if the mic is picking up but my cat in the background is like running around like a maniac he does this all the time um so yeah back to it so high cortisol basically just messes up your menstrual cycle at every possible stage of the cycle so training fasted and having this massive cortisol spike every morning is really not going to do anything good for your hormones or your fertility and it's that alone high cortisol alone can be the primary reason why you might lose your period even if you feel like you're eating enough or you aren't over exercising too much if you have high cortisol it it can impact your period and your fertility so i always recommend eating something before a workout even if it's literally like a banana with some peanut butter or a small bowl of yogurt some dates some nuts some seeds just something that's like gonna give you some kind of energy so your body isn't running off this like cortisol um and it's actually able it's got that available glucose to use for your workouts instead of having to tap into like fat stores and glycogen stores and things like that the next simple thing that you can do to improve your fertility as of today is to get enough sleep and ideally we should be aiming for between like seven to nine hours of sleep a night i know there are some people that probably listen to this and thinking I get five hours a night and I'm functioning fine. I have a menstrual cycle, that's fine, whatever. But if you are dealing with fertility issues or your period's gone missing or you're just trying to like optimize your health, then you really should be getting at least seven hours. And that is because during sleep, your brain is doing all of the rest and recovery that it needs to. Things are, a lot of things are happening when you're sleeping. You're not just sort of lying there doing nothing, although that is a key part of it. Your your body is get, is physically relaxing, but your brain is doing a lot. Um, it's processing the information that you've sort of perceived that day. It's laying down memories. It's making neural connections. And you're not going to get these benefits of sleep if you aren't sleeping enough. Not sleeping enough also increases cortisol, which I just mentioned inhibits your hormonal production and can stop your periods altogether. Um, And when I say seven to nine hours, I mean 
seven to nine hours of undisturbed, high quality sleep. So that means you're not waking up every hour. You're not checking your phone at 3am because you've woken up. You're not going to the toilet all the time. And I know that's quite difficult to um, get that many hours of undisturbed sleep, especially if you like I mean, I'm not really talking to the people who have like newborns because your sleep is obviously going to be disturbed at that point. But just general people who aren't new parents, you, you're you going to need to optimize your sleep environment for a healthy, good quality sleep. So that means making the room cool enough, making sure it's quiet and dark in there. Ideally, avoiding caffeine just before bed, avoiding working out just before bed, avoiding social media and negative news outlets just before bed, because all of these things can really impact your ability to get to sleep and stay asleep. So just doing, just I think just being aware and being sensible around sleep is really important for your fertility. The next thing that you can do is to incorporate a healthy amount of exercise into your routine. So I've mentioned already that overtraining is not good for your fertility and neither is training fasted but you can still exercise and maintain a regular cycle ovulate every month and conceive a baby and the level of exercise that your body can take or can withstand without experiencing the negative consequences on your fertility that's gonna be different for everybody so some women can train you know, intense CrossFit multiple times a week and still have regular periods, still ovulate and still be really healthy. And then there are other women who that amount of exercise might be too much and it might cause them to lose their period. And it it is really important here not to compare what you're doing to other people, especially if you've, if you have HA or you've recovered from HA, your body is going to be more sensitive to exercise it really is it's going to be more sensitive to stress in general and that's something that we have to accept when we're going through period recovery because we might look at our friends and think oh they're exercising multiple times a week and they have their period so why can't I do that without losing my period and it's because your body is just more sensitive because it's gone through this period of time where it didn't cycle it didn't ovulate it didn't trust you to switch on these reproductive functions and now that it does trust you it might take a bit of time for your body to like fully fully trust you so that you can exercise without losing your period so it's all about being sensible and considering what your body needs at the time when it comes to you know performing a healthy amount of exercise and I also think it's really important here to use exercise as a way to move your body instead of as a way to burn calories, compensate for eating, to stop yourself feeling guilty. Exercise should be something that you do out of enjoyment and not out of necessity. And that's, you know, a whole other ball game. It's really difficult when you come from a background of obsessive exercise to actually stop exercising obsessively. It's so difficult. Uh, That's coming from someone here who has dealt with like a 15 year exercise addiction and it's really really difficult it might sound really stupid to people who haven't been through exercise addiction but it's so tough to actually rest because of the guilt that you feel when you do if you miss a workout you feel so guilty it ruins your day you feel like you can't eat anything and overcoming that is like a whole other recovery 
But it's so important for your fertility not to overtrain and to listen to your body and to find exercise that works for you. For some people that might be strength training, for other people that might be um, walking, hiking, dancing, sports, uh, yoga. There are so many different forms of exercise and you don't have to force yourself to do the things you don't enjoy just because you think like society tells you you have to go and run 10 miles a day. You don't have to do that. Yoga is perfectly fine if that's what you want to do. And trust me, that's something that like, it takes a long time to learn that, but you will get there. And the final thing that I'm going to mention in today's episode is to limit your caffeine intake. So caffeine can negatively impact your um, hormonal production because it can increase cortisol. And although, again, like you're going to know people in your life, women in your life who drink loads of coffee and they have their period they have a regular cycle and they have no issues with it however because your body is more sensitive to stressors one of which is caffeine because it increases cortisol when you're going through ha recovery you do have to consider limiting your caffeine intake so ideally you shouldn't really be consuming any more than 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine a day when you are trying to recover your period or optimize your fertility Um, And this is like a a pretty, it's like a long-term recommendation. So even if you've recovered from HA and you've got your period back, you still really need to sort of consider your caffeine intake, especially if you're trying to conceive. Um, And obviously caffeine is found in like tea, coffee, energy drinks. There is a small amount of caffeine in chocolate and potentially some other foods but I wouldn't really worry about the caffeine in chocolate necessarily I would more focus on you know reducing your coffee consumption or even just choosing decaf over caffeinated options um so what I do actually to limit my caffeine intake because I I love coffee like I love the taste of it I could drink it all day but what I actually do now is I have one cup of caffeinated coffee in the morning And then after lunchtime, I'll have a decaf coffee. So I'm only really having that one cup of caffeinated coffee a day um, just to make sure I'm not overdoing it with the caffeine. So that's where I'm going to end the episode. Six really, really simple things that you can do to improve your fertility as of today. Yes, they are simple, but sometimes they can take a bit of time. And, you know, these are lifestyle changes that you might have to make and it can be tough to change things when you're in such a habit but it's important to take on board what I've said today and make these positive changes to support your body in its hormonal production and fertility and all of these things apply whether you're trying to conceive or not um so yeah I hope these were helpful let me know if you want me to cover any specific episodes my instagram is at fertility and freedom check out my tiktok if you want to see some little snippets of me talking about fertility and periods my my tiktok is at athena crilly it's just my name thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope it was helpful if it was please give my podcast a rating or review and don't forget to follow or subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and i will see you next week